Hello, I'm with Wendy Hall today, and Wendy is, um, she's English, or British, but she's actually living out in the Netherlands, and um, I could start by saying I am jealous, because I am. What's the weather like, Wendy? Let's start with that one today. Well, actually, well, it's, 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 in some ways, we're on the same kind of level as, as the UK, so the weather's changeable, um, yeah. as we know. Uh, we haven't had the cold that you're having in the UK at the moment. It's a little bit warmer here, but it's 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 very similar weather. It's not that different. So fantastic! Uh, don't, don't get to, don't get too excited. <laughs> it's not that much warmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to welcome you and thank you for coming on Psychics and Sidekicks podcast. It is a bit of a tongue twister. Um, I'm I'm not sure that by the time I've done a hundred episodes or so, I'll be sick of the name. But I'm sticking with it. So <laughs> welcome to Psychics and yeah. Sidekicks. Would you you're please welcome. start, Wendy? by just giving the listeners a little introduction to you. I don't want to sort of jump in there and, and say anything we're going to talk about before it's ready. So just give us a quick intro and then we'll kick off. Yeah, I mean, I suppose considering this particular subject of, mm-hmm. of psychics, I'm, I've been working as a healer, as a Reiki trainer for 25 years. And so I've had quite a journey uh, it has involved some contact with psychics, but I wouldn't say that I'm a natural psychic. Yep. I, I, I see people and I've met people, I suppose when I started, I met quite a lot of people that were natural psychics, but had had to repress that because uh, as children uh, at the age they were, because I'm in my 60s, um, and some of these people were older than me, they had been told that what they were experiencing wasn't real and that they should shut up and sh- be shut down. Otherwise, they're going to get marched down to be exorcised down at the local church because the parents really didn't know what to do with them. So I met quite my first contact, I think, with psychics really was with people who had had struggled with being able to actually speak about what they'd done. Yeah. Uh, and what they could do and what they'd experienced. And a lot of them, I have to say that my noticing was as a therapist, as a healer, that it hadn't been good for their health, Um, that a lot of them had had to shut down their gifts and it kind of blocked up their system, which is supposed to flow when people are, you know, in an ideal world, people are being true to themselves and they hadn't been able to be. And that had um, given them some struggles with their health. So uh, that's kind of where I started now. Oh, gosh, now it's been a long time. There's been a lot of courses and a lot of experiences. So where I am now is very different. I've done a lot of past life work, inner child work. I've done life between lives, which is a Michael Newton process, Mm -hmm. uh, a big hypnotherapy process for going back into a past life forward till you die to see what happens next. So I, I know where, well, I'm comfortable with where I go. Um, after I leave uh, a life here. Um, I've done quite a lot of exploration of the the soul's journey. Uh, I am a curious being, so I ask a lot of questions. And one way or another, I get quite good answers. And I've learned not to use my head. I've come out of my head. I don't read very much anymore. I tend to use my intuition and my gut and um be guided by my inner experience rather than my outer one and that also means that i've 
Uh, I've now connected through shamanic journeying and other deep processes um, with my spirit guides. So I have an easy relationship with beings from other dimensions yeah. uh, who are not people necessarily who've recently passed, but are uh, just about everything else. <laughs> right, okay. And I have a little bit of an understanding of, of what you're explaining there with um, with the guides. Uh, so my friend Andy, who is a psychic medium um, and practices that um, not as a full-time job, certainly not not yet, but although that's a, a path that I, he's keen to follow. Um, but he's talked to me, and that's that's one of the things that set me on this journey, actually, uh, Wendy, to to do this podcast as a journey of discovery for myself and for others, hopefully by speaking to people like yourself and, um, and other people right through paranormal investigations um, to out and out skeptics, because everybody has a, a view and a perspective on this. If they think about it, and I'd like to give them an opportunity and to learn from them. And Andy speaks of guides. So I understand that he, he says he's currently got around about 110 guides but there are two or three who he always refers to who are his sort of principal guides and they go off and work with his team. And I think it's a really, really fascinating subject, the way that he lays that out, and that really did spark my interest. Yeah, I, I suppose for me, it's a bit like at the moment there are, uh, we've been told we have five senses. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't include what you might call the sixth sense, yep. let alone any more. Um, but that we are able, we have machines that tune in to certain vibrations yep. yeah, and pick up certain things. We have a television that picks up the, the pictures and, and that, that particular frequency. We have a radio, it picks up a different frequency. We have our phones, they pick up a different frequency. And all the time at the moment, there are all these messages going through the air, yep. but we're not built or tuned to actually pick them up doesn't mean they're not there because something else can pick them up, mm -hmm. but we're not tuned to do that. And I suppose what I've started to do is to open up my tuning yeah, yep. to realign. Let's just cut, turn the dials here and there. Yep. And when you do that, yeah. And you let go of your disbelief, um, and you start to go, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big key is that I don't know what to expect and trusting that that's okay. Yeah. It's almost like having, you need a blank screen for something to project onto. Um, and so I suppose I've, I've learned to tune myself into some things that are most people don't see. And I recognize that I'm different. I'm the strange one, mm -hmm. yeah, in the general population that sees things or experiences things that most people don't see or experience. Um, that doesn't mean they're not real. And they're very, very real to me because I experience them, yeah. not because I'm, um, not because I, they're not like the five sensory experiences. They're, they're more, they're deeper, they're very powerful, they're emotional. Um, I have to say that one of the things, because I start with this idea of being a blank screen, of not knowing what's going to happen, I'm always getting surprises. Right. 
And the first time I had um, an experience with uh, a guide, um, I met him doing a guided meditation. And then I knew I was making it up. It was all my imagination. It was a guided meditation. I was using my imagination. I knew this was all my imagination. Absolutely sure of it. I was very in my head, very logical, very sensible. And I knew it was all, all, you know, I was making it all up. And then what started to happen was he used to surprise me. And he'd do things that were completely left field and that I didn't expect. And it took me a while to realize that that, unexpectedness was the big indicator that there was something else going right. on other than my imagination. Uh-huh. Now you'd, you'd think if you were making something up that you'd know what was coming next, wouldn't you? Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so it hasn't worked like that. So I suppose that's my biggest indicator of the fact that I'm experiencing something um, that is not, quote, my imagination. It is something else. And the more I've done that and the more I've had the something that I get validated by other people or the more it really resonates with me to a point where it's powerful or it's emotional yeah. or it's then, um, then that's, that for me becomes as real as anything else that I can touch. Um, so you asked about, um, uh, and I'm aware you asked about uh, past lives, which is kind of what you're curious about. Well, yes. And I mean, I'm just to sort of take it back a, a step, really. They, mm. you, you've talked about Reiki. So yes. I've had a Reiki session. I have only had the one. Uh, I absolutely would go again. I just haven't made the time. But I had a, a very strange experience in doing that. And it was great as much as anything. I love strange experiences. So Donna, going back quite a while and going back a good few years, actually, Donna and I uh, went to a chamber of commerce event where we were looking at um, a business startup idea and we were doing some, uh, some training for it. And the lady that was on that course with us was a Reiki healer. Donna was more curious than I was. And Donna went along. She had a Reiki session, came home, said, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. I'm not telling you anything about it, but you've got to go and see her. So I did. And when I came back, she says, right, what did you experience? And so I, I explained what I'd sort of experienced and felt. And the one main thing that, that really stuck with me was that I knew that lady was working around my sort of head and shoulders area, but I could feel cold and feel a firm grip on my ankles and around my feet. And she went, that was a spirit guide making sure you didn't run away. <laughs> and I was like, okay. She went, that's exactly what I felt as well. So right. Donna is, um, she's practiced or she's done some training now. She's got up to a Reiki level two. And um, so I've, I've got some sort of knowledge and experience of what she's explained, what she's gone through. And I think she's sensitive to it, but has not opened up. I'm still in that curiously, um, openly curious, I think actually is probably the best description. I've not had any mm. real significant experiences other than that particular one. And a couple of, how did I manage to come straight to this place without a map type of feelings? Um, so some some bits along the way, but I'd say it, 
right now I'm kind of like, I'm openly curious. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast, speaking to people like yourself. But yes, mm. past lives is probably more Donna than me. But right. yes, it, it certainly sparked my interest. When you sent me through a little message uh, agreeing to come on the show, I was really pleased with, with the comments that you'd put in there. And I thought there's definitely something really good to talk about. Mm. I suppose the past lives um, came for me because, well, as a healer, and I, I certainly, when I started training at 25 plus years ago, um, and training in my first training in healing was Reiki, mm-hmm. um, I really didn't, I have to admit that I used to get bored. I would put my hands on people and I wouldn't really feel anything. I, yeah. I could feel the, I feel the energy flowing. I could feel some heat, some cold, some tingling. Yeah. Um, and, and so I wasn't, definitely wasn't having psychic experiences. I wasn't moving into other worlds. I wasn't doing any of that. That just wasn't on my map and it wasn't something I expected and it wasn't something I was looking for. But the more I stripped away my baggage, the more I dropped my old heavy beliefs, the more work I did on myself, the more, the more energy, positive energy that I connected to or I did different kinds of healing. I've done say shamanic stuff. I've done all kinds of different courses, but the more personal work that I did, the deeper I went, the more I cleared, the more stuff I could experience. Um, And it happened quite naturally because I was, I was, um, I was looking for the root causes of my own issues. Mm -hmm as a healer, um, the, the, the wounded healer they talk about. And that is that nearly everybody that goes into healing has two things from my point of view. One is they're probably pretty sensitive. Yeah. Um, and therefore the world is quite challenging and they're looking to find some balance. And the other thing is uh, that they are, well, Um, looking to help people and I think that's another thing but really I think the core is they probably need help themselves and it starts there and you know from the Reiki one that the first level of that is about um, working on yourself and I think just about every kind of self-development healing process um, healing course um, therapy therapy course, any, any kind of self-development stuff will, will always be, you can't really take anybody any further than you've gone yourself. Um, so my, per, my first past life experience was, I was actually on an NLP course. Now, NLP is uh, like a modern psychology. I've done one. Um, mind neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah, I've, I've done an NLP yeah, course. You've done that. I have yeah. done one, yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah I could tell, and um, if we've got time, actually, I'll tell you a little uh, a little story I've not shared with anybody about my NLP Ooh, course. Great. So that's uh, the mind, the language, and the way we're programmed. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, so I was studying that at a reasonably high level. And um, one of the scripts, because there's a lot of scripts in it, 
was to go back and find the earliest um, event that had anger, sadness, fear, or guilt in it, in that order. Yeah. It was a script. It's very maths and science, NLP. And so they just said, go back and find the earliest feeling of, I think it was, what did I do? Such a long time ago. I'm going back 10 plus years. Um, I think it was fear. And I got to the fear and I just, I was back in a past life. But the script said, is it in your childhood or before that? Well, mine right. was before that. <laughs> Uh, and so it was what it was, you know, and, and I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't looking for it. I was looking to find the root cause of my own problems. And that's what I've done with people. I, for me as a healer, I can work with energy and I can work with rebalancing things with energy, but sometimes you want to find the root cause of a problem and that takes you into digging around in the mud, uh, trying to find the roots. You know, we talk about the root cause. Yeah. It's, it's the roots you want to get out. Yeah. Because they're causing the weeds and the problem. And, you know, you know how it is getting a, woo, a weed out. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> I've got to go and follow them. <laughs> yeah. You, you've got to follow the roots. So, yeah. So I'd be looking for the roots with people. And sometimes, and I wasn't wasn't looking for it, but sometimes we would end up spontaneously popping into a past life and they're very powerful. They're very emotional. They're very, um, they're very moving. They move your stuff around. Um, I think we've all got something that we are carrying that we can't explain. It's mm -hmm. big and it's yeah. deep and it's old and it doesn't seem to have come from our childhood. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so tell me now. Now I'm curious. Tell me your story about NLP. <laughs> no, let's say, let's save it and just keep, just keep going, but I promise I will before we finish. Okay. <laughs> so what, what else would you like to know? I mean, You've I could talk me. for, I could talk for hours. No, no, yeah. that's good. And I hope so, because, you know, that for me, that, as I said, in, when we were sort of um, catching up before we kicked off, that for me is good because that means that we can continue this conversation. I'm, I'm keen to not go on too long in any one session because I want it to be engaging for people, but it's great to sort of end with more to come, you know, and, and to be able to say, you know, we're going to get Wendy back on in, in a month's time or whatever. And, and for people to be queuing up and waiting for that to happen. And, and I want that to happen time and time again, because I think this, this, like you've just explained there, actually that this whole idea and concept is so deep and can go on forever you know it, who knows it might carry on beyond me you know if and i if i could look down and and say bloody hell is somebody still doing that silly podcast that your many started that'd be great you know <laughs> that would be really something well, different but yeah. there's no reason why it couldn't no none at all i'm in fact the, you know it's what i'm doing because mine is is just uh, just going and uh, words and wisdom I've mm -hmm. got. And that is not about me. It's about um, powerful, magical words yeah. like freedom and love and peace and joy and acceptance and moving people towards more of those and about um, people developing their own wisdom. So this is yeah. very relevant from that point of view yeah. because I think people are told what to think and they don't even know sometimes what they believe. 
I have to say, the, the older I get, the more I think there was mileage in the Matrix. Wow. Well, it's not that far <laughs> off, is it? No, yeah, I think you're right. It was very bloody insightful there. Um, yeah. So other things that we, we sort of touched on, um, you mentioned about not being a natural psychic. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that's really interesting because Andy, so I'm just getting a little bit of a buzz, so I'll have to check that. Andy mentioned that his first experience was when he was quite young, um, mm. about six or seven years old. And so he's had that and he's he's had the sort of the noises and he has to sort of he's developed that skill of closing mm-hmm. it down and, and stopping it when he's mm-hmm. not working. Yes. But, but you say you're not a natural psychic, but you've kind of developed your skill as you've gone on and done these other things. So tell yes. me when that first started to come about for you, if you can. Yeah. Um it's been slow really. I, I suppose First, it's like not being a natural psychic. For me, it's like I recognise that somebody who is very sensitive to to the other things that are going on has more senses already developed when they arrive here on the planet, when they're born or when they notice, and doesn't get that shut down. Um, Then they can always have that with them. Um, from very early on. I mean, I, I've had so many experiences. I could just tell you the people that I've run into. Um, but to answer your question, uh, I suppose for me, it's it's that I've, I have to go to them. They don't come to me. Yeah. So I have to be, I have to open myself up. I have to be quiet, meditative, still. I might be doing healing. I might be working with a client. And I drop deeper and deeper into myself and into my not knowing. And that's where I get information come to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, first experience. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know whether I can name an experience as such because it's just been, it was such a slow progression of trusting yeah. and having little experiences and then trusting something. There was no big wow. Well, there was a wow moment. So my wow moment i suppose because i haven't done a lot of work with people who've passed uh it's just not been something that's come to me i'm not tuned into that level yeah. i suppose i'm working as a healer which is where i started doing you know deeper things um it was more about guides and angels and beings at that kind of vibration and level uh but uh, my first experience, I mean, I, I had experiences, obviously, with the Reiki. All kinds of things happened. Um, but, yeah, the first guide was I was doing a guided meditation. I was actually doing something called um, The Journey by Brandon Bays. And it's a book and the weekends and um, you do these guided meditations. And as part of them, you're invited to... Um, Imagine that you have um, someone with you, a being of some kind. And I used to make up an angel. I used to make up, you know, whatever I felt like, depending on the day. Yeah. I was doing quite a few of these. They were taking me deep to clear big packages of stuff, and I liked doing that. Right. And so this particular day, I was facing down my mother-in-law. 
in this process. In the middle of the process, you get to go and talk something out with someone and that's how you clear it. You get to forgiving. And um, so I had to, I thought I'd have a bit of extra backup and I, I, I thought I'll make something up. I'll, I'll, I'll have a bit of support here because this is a bit scary. My mother-in-law was, oof, you know, a bit of a dragon. Um, so at that time, it, she, she scared me. Um, and so I, I made something up. It was all my imagination, you understand. Completely my imagination. Yeah. I was sure it's my imagination. <laughs> definitely, definitely my imagination. And I made up this dragon. Now, what the dragon did was he said, uh, his first thing that he said was, can I singe her? Can I burn her a bit? No. No, I'm supposed to talk to her seriously and resolve this issue that we've got and forgive everybody and forgive myself and forgive her and it's all come to peace, really. I don't need singeing right now. Can you just back off, please? Ugh, bored. Bored now. Really? What? Can you just back off and just leave this? Now, this is, if this is my imagination, yeah. you'd think I'd know what was going to happen next. Yeah. And I didn't. And he was just playful, mischievous, easily bored, um, and a very, has become a very, very close friend. Um, so I suppose that occasion wasn't when I believed it. I didn't believe it. It was my imagination then. It got forward wine probably six months, and I'm still having these, doing some of these processes and having chats with this, you know, other dimensional dragon who most people can't see, obviously. Um, and um, I asked him, I asked him a question. I said, um, why does luck, because I asked, used to ask him a lot of questions, why does life have to be so hard? Why does life have to be so hard? He said, it doesn't. I said, don't you give me that. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> you give me that. Everybody's struggling. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. He said, well, it doesn't have to be. I said, that, that's, that doesn't help. I, you're probably right, but it doesn't help. Yeah. Um, so I said, look, when we're born, human beings, arriving here on the planet, being born. Um, it could be easy. Some of the animals have it quite easy. They just, you know, pop an egg or have a, you know, a, a baby animal quite easily and they do it in the, the wild. They don't have medical intervention. And, but people have been struggling with that and finding it more and more difficult. And so, and he said, well, yeah, well, he said, do you know what you're doing? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, do you know what you're doing? No. What? Well, you've been telling that story so long. It's got into the DNA. You've been telling the story of pain and, and pain control and let's plan out, you know, mm -hmm. let's make a, you know. We've been telling each other horror stories for so long that it's become true about how difficult it is to give birth. He says, if you told easy stories, loving, you know, it's going to be easy, just pop and you'd have a baby, then it would be. But it's not what you've been telling yourself and telling each other. And I, I got it and I just went, I, I'd never have thought of that. That's like, that's, that's not, that isn't, okay, right. You're, you're, you're not my imagination, are you? <laughs> it was just one of those moments. 
and not my imagination. And because I'd never thought of that. He said, mm-hmm. no, not your imagination. I said, oh, okay. And I got it from that day forward. That was, that was the turning point for me when I, because I really was very head, very logical. And that was my turning point of knowing for myself, for myself, yeah. it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, but for myself, I knew that there was something else going on here and that I knew that I was interacting with something that was not me and was not my imagination. Um, and he's become, as I said, a very close friend. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't rant at him quite so much now because he's yeah. chilled <laughs> me down. And I have a lot more guides as well that all have different purposes. But yeah, um, and I think it's something that somebody who is psychic but doesn't, um, doesn't, have, uh, doesn't have a handle on that, doesn't have training or doesn't have experience or it can sometimes happen that they're being constantly invaded because yeah. they don't have anybody filtering for them. They don't have a catch. They don't have anybody that says, no, you can't talk to her at the minute. She's busy. Calendar's, you know, blocked out. You know, she's on holiday. Yeah. She <laughs> doesn't, doesn't want to talk to you. Donna had an experience a, a little while ago when, um, so she'd been to an event with Andy and um, she doesn't normally sit that close to him, but on this particular occasion, she was sat really close to him because it was in a small venue. And she, uh, she said at, at night, I was actually working away at the time. And she said that that night she woke up in the middle of the night to this loud bang, 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 like somebody was battering the door down, sat up right in bed. And if there had been somebody at the door, the dogs would have been going ballistic. The dogs never peeped. And she sat up, sort of looked around. And then all of a sudden she said loads of different voices. She says it was like a vocal version of... Bruce Almighty with all the post-it notes and, and everything going on. And she she just said, look, shut up, I'm trying to go to sleep. And, and it went quiet and she went back to sleep. And when she told me about it, I just sat and started smiling. I went, you know what that is, don't you? She went, what? What? I went, that's because you're sensitive to it and you just haven't admitted it yet. And then when she told Andy, he said pretty much the same thing, not in as many words, but he went, he actually says, ah, I need to... I apologise, I should have told you, um, you need to be sort of doing protection. You need to sort of look at that. He says, so we'll have to work on that, on protection for you. He says, because what you only want is your guides, not everybody coming through. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I'm not ready for this, Andy. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. But I think she will be eventually. I think she's she will, I believe, she actually, I'll just tell you something else, actually, I'm, I'm digressing a bit, but. She had an accident earlier this year, decorating. I was working in Bristol. Donna was doing some decorating. She fell off a ladder and she bust her shoulder. And she was just at that point where she was actually talking about um, going and looking for a job. She'd started doing some job searching. She got one or two she was going to apply for. And she did this. And this put her out of action for, um, well, it's, it has done technically for several months. Um, but in that time, I ended up talking to Andy about something and we ended up then sort of getting our three kids together and working. And I'm like, maybe you fell off a ladder for a reason. And I think that that could be the start of a journey for her. She's just not quite bought into it all yet. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think there is, um, our lives are so busy. Mm-hmm. 
and our heads are so busy and a lot of people are sensitive but they don't give themselves time to notice what they're picking up um and yeah as i said if if you if you block it it's not good for your health that's Mm -hmm. my my experience but but that moment of of I hear it so often that the gifts of being ill, the gifts of having a time out, the gifts of, of not being able to work where you, you are made to go and lie down and have some stillness yep. and have some, and, and turn your thoughts inwards rather than turning them outwards into the world. And it's a big gift because not everybody has that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But to notice it and then to, to make something of it um, is when you get the gift out of the the curse, you know, when you get yeah. the. She yeah. has said herself since that, you know, she says maybe maybe falling off that ladder was on purpose. She reckons um, somebody pushed her because she says to me that she was, she says to me that she was working in a safe environment, but I've seen her up ladders before. I've seen her doing housework and decorating. So I'm, I know that's questionable, <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> so anyway, I did promise that I would say, tell you about my journey on, on my NLP course. Mm. Um, and we're, we're just going through a particular section. It was, it was a reflective piece that we were doing. And I talked about Donna wanted to sing. She always felt that she could sing. And um, I kind of tuned into that and got some singing lessons. And she, she really enjoyed it. She carried on after um, and did several levels. And she loves doing karaoke and that. And I go to karaoke with her. And I've not once got up and sung at karaoke. And we talked about this when I was doing my NLP course. And I was asked, he was like, it was one of those, what would you, re- you know, one thing, if you could achieve it, what would you really want to achieve? And I, I talked about that and I said, actually, I would like to be able to just take everybody by surprise and get up and sing at karaoke and for it to be <laughs> worth listening to, you know, and just take people by surprise. But I actually got really emotional talking about it at the time. And it was just like, where did that come from? Because it's just, you know, it's just singing at karaoke. Mm. But what you talked there about sort of the self healing side of it first. So there's, there's probably something there and it, it touched on it, triggered it, but didn't go into any any great detail. It's it's like um, singing, making a noise, being seen, being mm-hmm. heard. You're doing it with this podcast because it's yeah. quite a brave thing to do. It's all self-expression. Uh-huh. And it's sticking your head above the parapet. And so it, it could come into the kind of some of that and, yeah, the root causes, like I say, these root causes of some of our issues, they can be so, so hidden in, in, in the, and buried, you know, in our deepest, most secret places. Yeah. Uh, and they can be from our parents. They can be DNA-based ancestral stuff as well. That's another story. Um, but easy to be from a past life as well. You don't know until yeah. you go digging around in the dirt no, to find the, <laughs> where you'll end up. Like you said, looking what, at the root cause of it. <laughs> yeah, find, find the roots, find the roots and dig them out because, well, only if it's bothering you. And I, I, I don't advocate 
going doing past life this is me mm. i don't advocate doing past life stuff for fun because i don't think it's a fun thing it's it's something to do if it's yeah. if something's bothering you if yeah. something in the present is bothering you then go and dig the roots out you know get yourself clear of that so you can move more easily and enjoy life more easily yeah yeah i think there's then, a, there's definitely a line between just going you know i wonder if i've been here before and really wanting to go and dig around into your past, which I think are two mm. significantly different perspectives. Mm. They are. And, it, and it, it takes a certain level of courage and vulnerability mm-hmm. to go digging around in, in the dirt. Yeah, I can imagine. In your, in your own. I can imagine. Yeah. And, and I think, and I, I know I kind of set the scene for that earlier when we were talking, but I think to do a, a bit of a deeper dive into past lives and what it, what it's about and how it works and what people might experience or benefit from it would be a really good sort of, um, I suppose, a, a specific episode that we could look at mm. if you were up for doing that. Um, yeah, that would be fun. Um, the other one that the listeners might be interested in is how, well, the beginnings of how does one get some, how does one develop the skills yeah, if you want Absolutely, them. yeah. I think that's something for anybody that's listening that is sensitive and has issues, like you said, with, with boundaries, with protection. Yeah. That's, that's something that might be of interest. And then I've got experience in all kinds of stuff. I've just Brilliant. been doing this stuff so long, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, past lives, it'd be interesting. I could just tell you some stories about some of my stuff and yeah, where it's taken me because most of it is it, it's experiences they're just deep, powerful, magical Atlantis. Ooh. Let's talk about Atlantis. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, maybe we'll do it another day. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can sense a guest expert coming, um, you know, sort of special episodes. And I've done this with Andy as well, to be fair, that, um, you know, he's, as I'm working very closely with him, he clearly is going to be kind of like a a key thread within this podcasting series. Mm-hmm. Um, so as part of that, someone like yourself, where you've got lots of experience and lots of things that you can share, I, I can really see that we can do, I think, really good deep dive episodes on, on particular subjects. And I want to do the same with technology as well, you know, the paranormal investigations to get, people that make or use some of this ITC and, mm. you know, let's have a deep dive into how it works or how they believe it works and what, what, you know, what it tells them. Because mm. I've done a couple of investigations. I was extremely pleasantly surprised at the similarities between what Andy brought forward as his knowledge and findings and what this paranormal investigation team brought forward. Very, mm. very pleasantly surprised. Well, when when coincidences aren't coincidences, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then, yeah. you know, I'd, taking that a stage further as well, I think we'll go from from having these types of conversations one on one to having some group sessions as well, because you know, having people from various aspects, um, because it, it it's um it's a wide playing field, you know, it's not a game, but it's a wide, it is a big old field. It's a fascinating subject, really, isn't it? Because what we're talking about is like, yes, we have this um, 
3D, five sensory world that everybody agrees is here and we can touch it and smell it and taste it, um, hear it and see it. And then you've got, and you're talking about another world, interdimensional. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Many other worlds, because actually, even quantum physics now has accepted yeah. that there's many di- dimensions. It's not about one dimension. Yeah. So. You know, even that's an interesting subject. Absolutely is. Uh, yeah. So many, many uh, subjects. Uh, my suggestion is that, you know, I, I'm quite happy to come back and talk to you, but you may find other people um, as, it, as it unfolds, because it's just going to unfold. It will just it w- go it on and on. Will, and, Andy. I've, yeah. you know, in the short space of time from when I did my post in our group, and got um, yourself and, and a number of others from within that group, you know, in, in the blink of an eye almost, I had 20 people to talk to. And I'm sat yes. thinking, that's nearly six months worth of episodes at one a week. And I've just yes. started, you know, so we are yeah. literally tip of the iceberg and it tip of the tip of the iceberg even. Yes. Um, this, yes. this could go on for a long time. And I hope it does because I'm, I'm going to learn. I'll learn something. I get a, a new insight from every conversation that I've had so far. So that's been really good for me. Mm, yeah. It, it's, it's expanding our map. I, it's how I express it. It's just like <clears throat> that we, we live within certain limits. It's because we've been taught that the world is, is five sensory and that's what we're taught at school. Yep. It's what most of us believe, but it isn't what most people's experiences yeah. are. Absolutely. But they don't share it because it's woo-woo or it's weird or, you know, they'll think they'll get locked up or, as I say, taken down and sent to the vicar. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, even what do Andy, you do with people? Andy yeah. has, um, he's got a private group, which I, obviously because I'm working with him, I'm a member of. And I started putting a few questions out in the group. And what I found really fascinating was just just mentioning the mere fact that I mentioned that we were doing podcasting and talking about the subject in more detail and different aspects of it with different people. And we've got a queue of people that actually just want to come and watch and observe yes. a, a live podcast. Yes. And some yes. want to be on it, but some are just, you know, it's the, it brings out the voyeur in, in us all, but they don't want to just listen to it. They actually want to watch it as well. And I think that that is, it took me by surprise. Um, mm. and, and it just shows this is just in one little group. So the amount of people that have got an interest, even from an onlooker's perspective, there is definitely mm. mileage in this and there's going to be something in it for everybody. Yeah. I'm excited for you because it sounds like you found something that, that, that's going to, it's going to run, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's quite a commitment to do a podcast. Toes, I mean, yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> it, I know that it, it's, it's not something, there's a lot of podcasts out there that only lasted a few weeks yep. and then they died. And you need to really to, to put in, I've committed two years, um, two years of doing it regularly yep. for two years, because if you don't, you're not giving it a proper Absolutely. shot. You've got to give it a chance to get proper traction. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it sounds like yours isn't, it's going to be easy to do. I mean, it's, so it's going to be, there's going to be loads of interest mm. and that's, that's great. And even researching, I have the same kind of experience. Yeah. yeah in, I had the same kind of experience. researching groups today. Yeah. Um, I've been, one of my tasks for today was um, to, to start joining groups 
on yes. uh, on social media that cover this subject and and the paranormal investigations and so on. Um, and I have, I've literally I've scratched the surface with the groups that I've selected to join. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the membership of those groups is nearing half a million. Yes. Now, yeah. not everybody's going to be active, but if 1% of them are active and, and I can tap into that 1% and get something from them and give something back to them, then you know, I'm going to, I'll be up all, well, I'll be up forever recording. <laughs> but it's it's quite yeah, an exciting well, prospect. It is. And, and I think what it is is that people, they want answers. And I think lots of people recognise this is a subject where they haven't, got answers mm-hmm. it's not obvious it's not it's not if it was only taught in school you know as yeah. this is normal then we'd all be okay that's how it works but it's not it's not even in what we call our spirituality it's not in our religions either in fact in it in western religion mostly christianity it's it's frowned upon and and so well we burnt the witches you know yeah. let's let's burn them <laughs> um so it's it's not been popular. Uh, so it's not been safe. Yeah. To to and talk I think about that's actually a good, that's a good word and and um, certainly to remind everybody uh, that does tune into this that the whole idea is that this is a safe space, a safe environment in which they can share, listen, and learn from. Nobody's going to ridicule mm. anybody because I I absolutely won't allow that to go out. Mm. I think I think that's the other thing about watching. You know. People will like to listen mm-hmm. and they'll like to watch. And it'll take them some confidence, some people, to, to yeah. want to join in in any way, shape or form. Yeah. They're, just, they're, just, they're just curious about, about what's really going on, I suppose. You know, what are ghosts? What, what are dead people? Why, what, what happens when we die? You know, we've been told by religion what happens, but is that true? Mm-hmm. What's people's experiences who go and come back? you know, who, like me, has, has travelled between lives um, doing hypnotherapy yeah. or past lives. You know, how does all that fit together with the fact that we're told that, you know, you die, you go to hell or heaven and stay there, yeah? This is what's true. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a search for, it's a search for truth, isn't it? Yep. And I think we all want that. Well, we very quickly... Very quickly, yeah. I thought, yes. <laughs> fill that time up, um, and, yeah. and I, I, in a good way though, because it's got us to that point where I think we've we've got kind of a natural way of wrapping up what we've just talked about there, and we're absolutely planted a seed or two about what's to come, uh, and and I think um, the listeners would, as I am, very excited to um, look forward to the next episode that we have you on. Um, you know, and, and I can see already two or three future episodes where we can we can pick a subject and we can just dig a little bit deeper and make that whole episode all about educating people a little bit more on on those various aspects. So I'm really really yeah. looking forward to that, and I'd like to thank you very Good. much for coming on. And um, very welcome. Thank you for having me. Look forward to speaking to you again. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank, thank you. you very much, Wendy.